You are listening to your new puppies podcast, starting you and your dog off on the right paw. Here's your host, Debbie Salento. Hello, and welcome to episode 70 of Your New Puppies Podcast. I'm Debbie, and today we are going to continue the conversation about raw feeding. So Casey came back, and we talked a lot about puppies because, well, because we like to talk about puppies a lot around here. If you missed part one of the interview, that's episode 69, playtimepause.com forward slash 69, where Casey gave us a lot of information to introduce us to raw feeding. Again, she mentioned some resources, which are going to be in the show notes. So let's jump right on in and welcome Casey back. Well, hello, Casey. Welcome back. It's great to see you again. Yes, it's so good to see you. Thank you. I enjoyed myself the first time so much. And this is just so <laughs> you couldn't cool. You couldn't stay away. You couldn't you stay away. So much to talk about. This is such a big topic, and I appreciate yeah. you giving me this time. Um, I think we're going to talk about a lot more during this conversation. And yes. then that just opens the door for people to learn more. And yes, hopefully we'll be able to get right. people that spark going. <laughs> yeah. So where we talked about, you know, a lot of the history on the health benefits of raw, this, I want to kind of get more into the nitty gritty of the brought a new puppy home. What do I do now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're going to do right now. So awesome. Thank you. Yes. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about you know, brand new puppy, just brought them home, most likely getting them at like, you know, most of my listeners are getting them at like somewhere between eight and 12 12. weeks, something like that. So they're already from a breeder, not probably most are going to be off of kibble, even rescues, like they're going to be off of kibble. And I know that I get a lot of questions, even with, you know, traditional commercial diets about feeding a puppy. So, I mean, some of those questions I get is like, how much do you know how to feed them? Um, how do you know what to feed them? So I'm curious when you get a new puppy client, like how do you start them off? Like what are your best tips for like just starting them off? Yeah. So if they're a part of my group, then I tell them to just get rid of the kibble completely because we we now know, I mean, one of the things I want to put this in the mind of some people, maybe, I don't know. It might be a good idea. It might not. But Basically, newest research has just come out about kibble, and it's essentially like the cancer risks of the things that are in kibble are sometimes levels of magnitude higher than in cigarettes for cancer cause. Mm -hmm. Let's just take that out of the picture. So I don't do any mixing, and we just eliminate it day one. Okay. So we just go right to a basic raw food diet. And that can be usually three or four meals a day. And it's going to be, you know, depending on the age of the puppy, but if they're over, you know, eight to 12 weeks, it's going to be three meals a day for most. And so I like to start the first few weeks with something really simple. Some breeders will just do only ground beef or only ground turkey with no organs and no bones, no supplements, nothing for the first couple of weeks. Now, when I first heard that, I was absolutely freaking out because I'm like, they can't eat just muscle meat for two weeks. They're going to be not balanced, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. but the truth is, is that there's a lot of raw breeders that have been doing this 30 plus years in which that's fine. 
And so okay. there, that is one way to do it. And I'm okay with that now. I'm not, I'm okay with it now. I'm, I'm relaxed about it. That's okay. <laughs> but you want it to be a lean and raw. You don't want it to be cooked and you, but you have a young animal, you want it to be served at room temperature. So you can either heat up a little bit of raw goat milk uh, or raw Jersey cow milk, and you can just warm that up and you can, or you can boil water. I like to boil water in a tea kettle and just splash it on the food so that it kind of heats it up a little bit. I don't recommend ever microwaving things for a variety of reasons, but just warming it up in a way mm-hmm. so that it's more like body temperature. And a so regular, you're warming it, not cooking it. Correct. You just want it so that it's not a shock to the little baby. They're so young. It's just like mm-hmm. a baby getting a bottle. You want it to be more like body temperature. So that okay. would be better for their digestion and for their temperature control, especially if you have a little teeny tiny, like a little tiny chihuahua or a teacup animal, you know, they're more um, at risk for stressing on their body and their immune system. If their mm-hmm. temperature changes and if they eat something really, really cold, that could be stressful for them and dip their Interesting. immunity. Okay. So we want to make sure that their immune system stays nice and strong, especially with the new house and everything being new to them, new microbiota, you know, new, everything's new and there's a lot of stress involved. So oftentimes they'll have digestive upset no matter what you feed them. And I'm sure you've had that Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I just want to step back for one second because you mentioned microbiota. Yeah. Just explain exactly what that is. Because when I when you say that, I think of like, is that like probiotics or like? So explain right. exactly what that is. Right. So the microbiota, we all have every surface and living beings have. We are made up of all this um, microbes, little microbes you can't see. Right. And we have more microbes in our gut than we do uh, some crazy numbers. I don't actually remember them off the top of my head, but it's something like there's more microbiota in your, in your own stomach than there is sand or something, you know, grains of sand at the beach. It's an insane number. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but they, they have all, we're learning more and more about it, but that microbiota is the flora in your gut and on your skin. And the same is true for your animal, but it's also true for the environment that the animal's in. So the environment that they're in, whether they're in nature, they're going to be exposed to different microbiota. If they're at home, they're exposed to a different microbiota. And each household, in each home, and even different areas of the home will have a different spectrum of microbes that they're exposed to. So if they've been from the breeder's house and then they come to your house, it's going to be a different environment for them from all the things that we can see and hear but also from the things we can't see in here, which is that microbiota, which has a huge influence on their um, immunity and also their gut um, balance. So the, the probiotics are the seeds that we plant. Okay. And then the prebiotics and the food is almost like, like the water to water the plant. If you think about okay. like a, it's a garden in your gut. So okay. there's prebiotics, there's probiotics, there's even postbiotics now, but that, but yeah, but you basically like prebiotics are things that are feeding the probiotics and the probiotics are what make up all of the good bacteria in your gut. There's good okay. bacteria and there's bad bacteria. There mm-hmm. is bad bacteria. It is there. You will not mm-hmm. eradicate the bad bacteria. What we want to do is have a nice diversity and um, a nice population and enough of the good bacteria to crowd out and control the bad bacteria. And that's okay. what they're there for. That's and that, and, and that balance, it really, as I understand it has everything to do with health, like yes. behavior from behavior I mean, to skin to everything. Yeah. Skin okay. behavior, immune system. Okay. Yep. 
everything. Okay. So let's go, let's go back. Cause I, I liked what you were saying, you know, like a puppy's in a new environment, new microbiota, you know, yeah. has an upset stomach, you know, gets diarrhea, you know, yeah. may, might so, even throw up because yes, that happens regardless of, of what, what, what you're going to feed. Okay. So thank yeah. you for confirming that. Cause I say that as this raw lady and they're like, yeah, maybe <laughs> oh, my experience. it happens no matter what, you know, it happens. Yeah. No matter what you feed them. So I oftentimes, have, they have sensitive stomachs. They do, but you know, I mean, there's just a lot going on, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah. so, you yeah. know, there's a lot going on and, and this is the time for their bodies to learn. That's their body learning. Let their body learn. Don't go mm-hmm. immediately in and stop everything. You know, let their body, like, we don't want to suppress those symptoms, you know, within reason. You want to know when it's risking their health and they need to go see a vet or something. You need to interfere. But basically, you want your animal to experience some of these little minor things. It's not such right. a bad thing because that's their bodies getting stronger and learning things. So, that that's what they're meant to do the whole first year. It's all kinds of diarrhea and skin stuff. (laughs) So it's a lot of digestive things and skin things. And if we don't interfere and we can just support them through those periods where they have trouble with those things, but we don't go in and like really shut it down with strong drugs and stuff, but we Mm -hmm. let their body kind of, you know, within health, as long as they're like stable, they have their stable vital signs and we can let them come to their own adaptation and use our own immune systems just to fight those or, you know, reestablish balance with those under those conditions, they're going to be right. healthier long-term. Okay. So when they go home, they can either do like a lean boneless meat and room temperature um, and feed three meals a day. And what you feed them is going to be 2% their expected adult weight. So for example, if you have a little puppy and the adults are going to be 50 pounds, you think like that's what the parents were around there. Then you're going to feed 16 ounces a day and you're going to split that between three meals. I love that. My and listeners the, are going to love that, that very specific so number. <laughs> easy. And the thing is, is that they go, but that, but what about when they get to be adults? Like then they'll still eat the same amount, but it's going to be, you'll have a 50 pound dog eating 16 ounces a day, which looks normal versus this little teeny puppy eating 16 ounces a day, but it's the same. It's not really any So you, you feed them the same amount. Amount. Mm-hmm from puppy through adulthood. Correct. It doesn't increase or decrease. No. I mean, just proportionately, if you look at how little the little puppy is. Okay. Okay. It seems yeah. like a All lot. Right. I see what you're saying. I see, yeah. what, I see what you're saying now. Now there's another way to go about hmm. that where you calculate five to 10% their weight, their weigh in and you weigh them once a day or once a week. But boy, is that a lot of calculating and it's super complicated and it's not easy. So this expected adult weight is great. And mm-hmm. let me tell you something, it's still just a start because those averages and estimates are for the averages and mm-hmm. your dog might not be the average. Your dog might need way less or way more. So it's a place to start with. And then we adapt accordingly and people go, Oh, well, I was feeding more because the dog was so hungry. And here's the thing. We don't go by appetite and we don't go by charts we, and we don't go by what they weigh on the scale. Like if I say, how's your dog's weight? And they go, oh, well, they're 50 pounds. I go, no. What I was meaning was, what do they look like? Okay. So it's, it's based on body condition. So we want their body condition to be our guide about how much they need. If they start to get too heavy, you back off. If they start to get too lean, you feed more. Which is exactly- yeah, that and which is true no matter what you're feeding them, whether it's raw or not. Um, right. I agree because I, my listeners know, 
I'm a yeah. huge fan of writing everything down yeah. and kind of taking, um, cause something I've heard, like, you know, in my own, you know, research and everything, it's like, take a log of your dog every day. Like, I mean, we're, if they're puppies, we're already po- recording their poop. We're already the poop report. Yeah. yeah. I used to have what I call the poop report. So I would do a yeah. sheet. What would be like the morning walk with my, you know, my partner. And then it would be the midday walk with the dog walker who had to fill out this form. The poor dog walker had to fill out this form of like <laughs> what all their possible symptoms were. We're working with a homeopath. So it was not even just poop and pee and play. The three yeah. P, poop, pee, play. But it was also like, you know, were they a little bit sensitive with the, you know, I was like, all these questions. Right. And then, but like, you know, report, I kept these logs and then it was the evening walk and the logs there too. And it's basically that you know, that, that, that will be so helpful for you to look back like you. Yes. Yeah. That's why I love, cause it's like, look back two weeks from now. Like, what did it say there compared to what it says here? Yep. Like, I love that because, you know, potty training is such a journey. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, when you're in it, it feels like it's never ending and you can see your progress, but this is another way is you're keeping track of your dog's mood and they're not just the poop, but like how it looks and, Should I be feeding more? Should I be feeding less? What do they look like? What's their weight? And, you know, I'll say it again is that's no matter what you feed your dog. Like, that's why they're like, well, how much am I supposed to be feeding your dog? I'm like, well, ignore the bag because that's always an overestimate. Well, it's an average. It's, It's basically like, this is where you can start. So start there if you need somewhere to start, but don't think that's like what the label says to do. Especially when they don't eat that much. It's like, it's Okay. Okay, <laughs> your dog's not going to starve itself. The dog doesn't like this, and I said, "Well, okay." So they bring the dog in. Then I'll go, "Oh, can I see?" And they bring the dog in, and I'm like, "The dog's just roly poly." And I'm like, "You know what? I really think they just weren't hungry." You know, it's like yeah. they just did. They were like, "I'm good. Yeah. I'm totally not and, hungry." But I, I also get that anxiety because, like, that's like the one thing. It's like we want to control it. It's like, well, this is their health. We want to make sure that they're eating. We want to make sure that they're eating right. So I get that new dog owner like um, anxiety about it. Yeah. But and unfortunately, the advice is y- you figure it out. You figure yeah. it out as you go along. As you go so. along, and your dog will be the one that be determining this. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. yeah. And that. So speaking about the poop, I have a great mm-hmm. blog post about poop. Oh, so, because I get that question <laughs> a lot. Fun. So if you go to yeah, sfraw.blog and you type in poop, there's going to be uh, pictures and everything. So there's all the information in there for about what, because people, this is one of the things that people say, oh my God, I think something's wrong. They're only pooping one tiny little poop a day or every other day. And I'm like, enjoy. That's one of the great <laughs> benefits of raw feeding. That's, that's also one something of the I've wonderful heard, yeah. things is you're not buying. So that's the thing too, is that they have this voluminous tons of waste material and so much, you know, um, poop basically that they're, you know, and you're spending all this money on poop basically, you know, it's like, and you, if you, what you're doing is when you're feeding raw food and there's barely any waste coming out is because you're just spending the money on what they need, like the actual nutrition that their body needs. And they're right. not, and you're not paying money for things to just pass through the dog. without right. any benefit. And those are two things I've heard. So I, I'd like to know if they're true is yes, they poop less on Way raw, less. On and they diet. don't drink water. That was the, you. You beat me to it, yeah. and they don't drink as much water yeah. because the the fresh meat itself has so much moisture in it. That's what all they need, right? 
Yeah. So they'll eat, they'll drink a lot of water after eating like a really big bone or if they had a big treat session with a lot of dehydrated treats mm-hmm. or on a hot, hot day, you know, they're really panting right. or they've really charged along. But a lot of my dogs, they would just eat, drink something. They would go for like their four hour hike. And so they would go, they would maybe drink on the way and when they got home after something like that, like one drink. Right. You know, but that, I mean, it, it's not, it's definitely don't be concerned if they're not drinking. Real quick, because I know that this is going to be a question because especially because I'm a trainer and I, I'm a reward-based trainer, which means treats. Yeah. When you're doing a raw diet, what do you recommend as like training treats? Yeah. So that's really great. Um, you can get a dehydrator or use your oven and make your own. That to me is the best because okay. you can even use their food. Like if, for example, you're, you're feeding them ground beef for the first few weeks or days. So mm-hmm. also I should probably let people know feeding ground beef is only really like, okay, for a very short period of time. That is not a diet. That's like, I want to make sure people know that's not what you should feed long-term forever and ever. Okay. Um, but you know, going to that perfectly awesome website, they'll give you the amounts that you need to feed and they have a puppy guide. It will tell you exactly what to feed to be you know, quote unquote balance. So making your own is going to be best because you're able to buy the ingredients, you know, exactly what they are and you know that they're not going to be mishandled, mislabeled, tainted with something, some sort of problem with the ones that are bought in pet stores or online. Mm -hmm. Um, There's more and more small producers making nice high quality treats, but frankly, even the ones in the pet stores are problematic in a lot of ways. So because of the ingredients that they have or, they say it's, you know, from America, but it's not really from America. You know, I mean, there's like a lot of things that are potentially risky and people think that the treats are not, they're just treats. But the thing is, is sometimes it's the treats causing all the problems. Like uh-huh. I see that all the time. It's like, if we drop the treat, that one treat they got, put them off for a week with their digestion. And, it, and they go, but it was just this one treat that at the you know, had a puppuccino or they went and got, you know, some like little snack or something, but the training treats and something you're going to be utilizing so much in the beginning, you really want to get that narrowed down to something that's going to be healthy and safe and part of their protocol. Mm -hmm. So I like to just take things like, you know, hearts or, you know, even, you know, any kind of like meats that are lean and you don't want something that's fatty and you could just put it, just chop it up and put it in the oven on the lowest setting and dry it out. And then put that in bags and put that in your freezer. That's going to last. I mean, those are great treats. The other thing you can do is, um, you know, like raw cheese chopped up. That works out really well. And you can mix that up. Sometimes dogs who eat raw, they either, they can sometimes be a little more picky actually, because they get such good food that they're like, <laughs> their food is better than anything else yeah, you can right? get them. So, I mean, I had one that was just so not food motivated. It was like, how whatever. You, yeah. How do you feel about giving like, just because it's more portable, cooked chicken right. as a treat instead of like a boiled chicken instead of the raw yeah. chicken breast, that would be their meal. Yeah, you could totally do that. Yeah. I mean, the only thing about that is like, you know, you would have to be careful about how much treats you're doing that you're not upsetting the apple cart with like their whole nutrition program. Right. So right, definitely keep that in, in, in context and keep it calculated. It does count. Those treats count like on the influence on your animal's health, but also it counts nutritionally. So mm-hmm. maybe you want, you know, you have to kind of figure out, make sure that you're not overfeeding with little dogs. It can be a problem. So you have to be careful with that. Um, the other thing that works good is like, there's, I think it's wild planet. They have a, um, canned, no, no salt, hormone-free, antibiotic-free chicken breast. And it's 
cooked in a can and you can chop that up into little, it's almost like a little puck and you can like chop it into little bits and that works really good. Okay. Um, we, we saw that. That's really nice. Um, they also have that for your salmon, but the salmon's really stinky and it kind of flakes. So it's not like a little nugget. It's like harder, the texture of it. Right. But the cheese works good. That works good. Um, dehydrating your own or buying like a freeze-dried treat from a certain, some companies or some good ones. There's one called Canine Natural and they okay. do ones from um, New Zealand that are just grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb. And they even have a tripe one. It's really valuable. So the dogs really like that. And it's little bits and they're nice little, little bits of, Parts of animals, basically. So they have like heart and lung and all those kinds of things that are, those are nice to use. So they're dry though. So you have to think about that as far as the quickness of the reward. Like when, when it's dry, they can kind of almost choke a little bit. Or, right, 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 yeah. Right. So you have to think about the right treat for the right training program. Mm -hmm. But, um, but there's always, you know, get creative and, you know, it isn't that hard. It's really easy to make your own at home. And, you know, we sell treats, we make them, but I always go, you could buy them here, but I also have the ingredient right here. You could just pick this up and go home and do it, you know, right, but not right. everybody wants to do that, but it's not like much, you don't really do much. I mean, you just put it in the oven and then you go do things. You don't have to like sit there and watch it because it's just going to dry a little more dry. It's not that big a deal. You know, it's like, right, right, you know, it's, right. not, it's not like something where it's like, uh, uh you're not making, um, baked Alaska or, you know, <laughs> something like, <laughs> to, like watch it, make sure it doesn't fall or, you know, it's not like this super complicated cooking thing. It's just like, right, look. I mean, you have a puppy to watch. You yeah. can't really no. be spending all the time in the kitchen. And there's great dehydrators. Excalibur makes a great one. They're here in Sacramento and I've used a million different dehydrators and I love theirs. They're just mm -hmm. simple. You can buy them used sometimes and they're so they're just, they last forever. Those little workhorses, they're great. So if people want to invest in their own dehydrator, that's a great idea. It's so easy to, it really is. It saves you so much money. I mean, it's so expensive to buy treats and you could buy like chicken hearts or something like that. And it's just going to be so much cheaper. Interesting. Yeah. So this is where we're wrapping up the interview and Casey gives some last pieces of advice for anyone who still might be a little overwhelmed thinking about switching to raw feeding. You were right. Like the thing you said is just start. Mm -hmm. I want people to get like, there's all this information. I might've totally overwhelmed them. And I'm sorry if I did, <laughs> but it's 33 years and I'm totally obsessed. So it's what you get. <laughs> you so, just want to give it to everybody all the time. I understand I, that. It's just me. I'm usually totally quiet, but you get me on this topic and I cannot shut up. So it's just my, <laughs> I'm totally obsessed. And I tell people I'm obsessed. You don't have to be just relax when you come to the shop. I've done all the crazy research. But the thing is, is that you're right. Just don't overthink it and just start. Whether that's buying Answers Pet Food or Raw Dog Food and Company or just going to your local butcher or your local farm and picking up something and get started, going to Perfectly Rawsome, you can start to learn a little bit more as you go. You learn more about your own an animal because even if you know all of the things and you have it all calculated out, when the rubber hits the pavement or the road, and you start feeding the food, it's going to change because your dog yeah. is going to make that. They're going to, you're going to have to adapt to your dog. So just mm -hmm. get started. Keep the learning going. Don't feel overwhelmed. You know, one of those resources, if you want to have a diet formulated for you, you can go to that website I mentioned. Which is great. I think that's yeah. a really and great so resource. That you can, you know, just reach out. There's resources available to you online. It can be very confusing, but that's only because there's so many different ways to do this and there's no one right way and you will be okay. Getting rid of that processed food adds three years to your animal's life. 
that's like a human going from dying at 70 versus dying at a hundred, a healthy hundred. That is wow. dramatic. Mm-hmm. That is a, it, it, people go, oh, it's only three years. Three years? I'll that's take three huge. years extra with my that's, dogs. I'll take six dogs? That is insane. <laughs> so there's research yeah. that shows, and the earlier you do it, changes their ability to be able to have, the, the biggest thing is skin problems and cancer. And those are two of the biggest problems that dogs have these now. And if you get them off of that processed food and the sooner and the fastest you get them off of that, the better, because every meal you feed to them, you're either causing harm or you're causing health. And if you want to keep building that health, there's enough, even if you did everything perfect, your dog still has a risk for cancer because it's just the way we, we're, world we live in, unfortunately. Right. And so if you can stack that deck against all those terrible things you and do it every day and every minute you can, you want, you'll, you'll be in a better position. You'll be creating a better, healthier, longer life for your animal and less vet visits and less stress for everybody. And it'll just be so much happier time. (laughs) (laughs) Very well said. Well, this has been wonderful and you are just a wealth of information. And I thank you so much for being so generous with it. Mm -hmm. Um, so Again, just give us your website and your blog where people can go and find you. I'm going to link to all of these resources in the show notes, but just real quick, if they just want to head over to your website, especially I might have some listeners in the San Francisco area. So we have people who come yesterday, someone came from Washington. So, I mean, she's flying back with her food. Yeah. I mean, we have people who come down from Oregon, pick up stuff for three months at a time, Los Angeles. We have a whole bunch of people from Los Angeles coming up this week to pick up. So, you know, there's people from all over and you may or may not be that dedicated or interested in (laughs) SFRA, but I just have to tell you that you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be considered crazy. We definitely would be like, oh yeah, we have people like that. (laughs) You're, You're in good company. We totally get you. You know, you can come on in and you can, yeah. So, and we're open seven days a week. You can come in anytime, but yeah. Thanks, otherwise, um, you know, as far as like local resources in, in the United States, it's going to be that eatwild.com website. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you'll be able to find local farmers, not local raw food, but local farmers. And a lot of them will have things. And I love connecting people to their local food shed. So that's important to me. The quality will be better. Um, and it'll help you establish great relationships for your own food, like getting your own food too, which is great. Right, right. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then sfraw.com is my website. We don't ship. So if you think, go, oh my gosh, look, you can buy things and also we don't ship. So sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so to come pick it up. <laughs> our stuff is on the website, but it's not to ship. I'm sorry. And then um, my blog is sfraw.blog. And I have a YouTube channel and Instagram. And there's so Instagram, I actually have three different accounts. I have SF Raw and I have a lot of educational stuff and we share a lot of things there. Mm-hmm. We have an IGT, IGTV account with a lot of things on there too. But I have two other accounts. So my Great Dane, she has an account and I try and make every every post about her meals and be real educational. So okay. that's a place to learn and you can see what I feed her. So you can see pictures of her meals and what it looks like. And then I explain what she's eating and why. And so you can kind of get an idea and I'm doing a 10 day trial right now and I'm going to put it all into a nutritional analysis um, program that I purchased. It's a super expensive veterinary program. I'm going to put it to the test, her diet (laughs) for 10 days and I'm not like influencing it. I'm just like doing the 10 days and then I'm going to see honestly what she really what it looks like. So I think that'll be interesting and insightful, but yeah, so that's what groovy eats. Her name is groovy, like G R O O V Y. So what groovy eats in in Instagram. And then my cats, 
I don't know if you have any cat people here, but <laughs> my cat, also, the, the C-A-T word. No, cat, no, we are very cat friendly around okay, here. Okay. So, okay. So my cats also have theirs and my cats, I have a three-year-old and an 18-year-old and they're both been, they were ferals that I caught when they were little four and five week old kittens. So they've been on raft since day one and that's Briar and Bones. So B-R-I-A-R-A-N-D-B-O-N-E-S. So Briar and Bones, and that's their meals too. So yeah. Casey, thank you so much. You know, again, thank you so much. And I'm sure that maybe we'll hear from you again sometime. <laughs> we'll see. If people have questions, I'm happy to Yeah, come yeah, definitely. That I'll have to bring you back because I can't answer them. <laughs> well, thank you All for right, having me. I appreciate so much. being your guest. Thank yes, you so much. Yes. Bye-bye. Okay. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about raw feeding. What's nice is Casey gave us lots of resources, including herself, to learn even more if you would like. You're going to find all of those in the show notes, playtimepause.com forward slash episode 70. So that's playtimepause.com forward slash episode 70. And that is all I have for you today. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can rate and review it wherever you listen, and that helps other dog owners find the podcast. If you would like to continue working with me, you can check out my website, playtimepause.com, where you'll find information on my in-person sessions, my virtual sessions, and my four-week new puppy course. I also have a new program coming out in the new year, which I hope to have some information for you soon. I'm very excited about it. It's a digital product for dogs of any age. Until then, thank you so much for listening. I'll be speaking with you soon. Bye for now.